Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Robots Radio presents You're listening to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast The best way for everyone from experienced dungeon masters To those curious about D&D To learn more about the worlds, creatures, and lore of Dungeons and Dragons There it is. There it is. No technical malfunctions here. Pay no attention to the man in the little green hat. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome back to the Dungeons Dragons Lurecast. I'm your host, the Almighty Crit. And joining me today, because Sergio is out doing his fatherly duty. Du- words are hard today. Fatherly duties <laughs> to his family. So we're going to take over for today's episode. And I got with me. One of our patrons, Reaper. Hey, Reaper. Hello. Hey, you beautiful, beautiful person, you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so today, we were originally going to talk about favorite BBEGs, but Reaper got me thinking, why don't we just do an episode about our favorite magical items? We talk about magic items at the end of every episode. Why don't we just take the time to talk about some of our favorite ones the whole episode? <laughs> Huh? <laughs> Reapers, he's 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 over here. He's super excited. He's like he's like, yeah, I'm ready, ready to dig deep into this one. So, Reaper, you were telling me about this wonderful shield before it the was. before the show. Do you want to tell our lovely listeners about this wonderful shield you had? I will. So, if any of you have ever seen the Percy Jackson, like the first Percy Jackson movie. I asked my DM if I could kind of base a shield off of that. And so it's, it's, it's essentially it's a folding shield, circular shield, that we based off of a, a, pl- a, shield, a plus one shield. So it'd be a total of four AC when it was fully uh, expanded. And I can only use one-handed weapons, like most melee weapons. And then we allow, we allow, we allow guns in the campaign. Since I am a artificer, hell yeah! Ooh! Oh, this is the campaign you're playing right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, oh. it's the campaign I'm playing right now. <laughs> I love it. So, and what, yeah, go ahead. No, what, what, what were you gonna say? I was just gonna ask you. So, what about the shield? 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. So the uh, the shields of something based off of a, a plus a plus shield plus one. So it's a total of four AC. And when it's half extended, I can. Excuse me. I can only I can use uh, two major weapons. Like uh, I have a, I have a musket since because I'm mm-hmm. a professor. Yep. So I can use muskets, and you know most any weapons when it's ha- half extended, which also gives me a plus two to AC. Whereas if it's fully extended, it get it's a uh, axis of shield plus one, so four AC total. Mm-hmm. But I can only use one-handed weapons, such as the. Uh, uh, a pistol I have and you know other one handed weapons as well. See that's not I like that balance though. You're like, hey, you get all this fortification, but you get to use these tiny little weapons. Yeah. <laughs> or you can forego that fortification and use your big boy toys. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can have ha- half of it, but only use you know, and but use two handed weapons. So you yeah. See I like that. I um the shield of shield that I brought to the podcast. Uh, I was telling uh, before the show, I was telling Reaper. I thought it was invincible until my DM turned it into glass and shattered it. And I was very disappointed, but then I bested him again by re having it reforged, re-enchanted, but this time with daggers all over it. So when we would turn into this 360 degree shield, it was a giant spike ball and we would just roll it on top of enemies. That's how we cheat with shields. So I, I'm going to throw, I'm going to change the direction here a little bit with my, my weapon. Uh, one of my personal favorite weapons wasn't even my own. It was a player created one in a game I was running. Um, and it was a vampiric blade. Not just any vampiric blade though. It was a vampiric vorpal sword. Yes. So, <clears throat> Basically, the way it operated was it operated like any other Vorpal Sword. You would crit, then you'd have to confirm the crit, and then boom, heads chopped off. It's it's done and instantaneous. Okay. Uh, however, because it had the vampiric ability to it, they would also absorb temporary hit points equal to, when it originally was forged, equal to one-tenth of their current hit points. So whoever's hit points they attacked. However, they went through hoops, bounds, and taking down literal gods to get this thing to the point where it would take hit points temporarily equal to the amount of hit points the opponent had. Ooh. Yes. They then, they then proceeded to take down a ancient gold dragon. So Salty was my name that day. But it was it was pretty it was pretty cool. I will I will I will say after about I think seven months of them continually playing and working to build this weapon, it was built. So I was like, it's not like you didn't work for it, but man, did I back myself into a corner with this weapon. <laughs> oh my gosh. So do you have another magic weapon in mind, Reaper? I really don't. That's really the only one I've kind of gotten so far. Mm. So yeah. how about I propose this to you? I always give magical items at the end of the episodes. Do you want to build one with me? Sure. Exciting. Ooh. So let's start with, let's start with uh, 
let's start with what it's going to be. So what kind of what kind of magical item do we want? Armor, weapon, hmm. shield? Uh, it's with the cloak. A cloak, you say? Yes. Oh, okay. So uh, the next stage when I build a magical item is I want it to be able to fulfill a purpose. So what purpose will this cloak serve? Hmm. Teleportation. Teleportation. Okay, so we got teleportation. I feel like we're playing like, um, I don't know whose line is it anyway, or... <laughs> I've actually, I'm, I watched that show during my lunch break at work. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great show. So, okay. Oh, so yeah, we, it's funny. So we have a cloak and we want it to serve the purpose of teleportation. Now, an important thing to keep in mind when we do this is we want it to not only serve tra- teleportation, we, you know, we want it to not only serve a purpose, but we want it to have an additional benefit to make it that much more appealing. So that when we t- give it that negative effect, it is, it's kind of like a, is it worth it? So what is an additional bonus we can have for this? Hmm. Say so it makes you temporarily invisible. Temporarily. For one, one turn. One turn. Okay. Invisible for one round. All right. So now we have the daunting task of figuring out how this teleportation works. So we have different forms of teleportation. We have teleportation in line of sight. We have teleportation in previously visited areas, or we have just general teleportation. Or we can get even fancier and have this teleportation attached to, you know, magic teleporting circles, you know, maybe in two locations, multiple locations, could be even around the entire multiverse. I would say line of sight. Line of sight. Okay. So teleportation within line of sight. Okay. So now we have these things. We have to we have to balance it now. So it's a cloak that offers one round of invisibility and it can teleport within line of sight. I'm gonna throw some things out here and I will say we need some command words or command phrases. So in order to teleport, you need one command phrase, and in order to go invisible, you'll need another command phrase. So two separate command phrases for these abilities. Alright. And that's it because that is enough of a detriment honestly for this minor magical item because yeah. it really is truly a ma- minor magical item so now we have to come up with a really cool name Ooh. Mm. i feel like we should name it like steven's cloak of disappearing or something <laughs> yeah steven's cloak of disappearing that's it yes. steven's cloak of disappearing <laughs> Oh, yes. Oh, goodness. All right. So I want to I want to focus on this for a minute Uh, for our listeners at home, for our DMs or even our our people who are just in a campaign or playing. It can truly be that easy to make a magical item. If you sit down with your players and you're like, hey, what is the purpose of the magical items that you want in this campaign? Or what are you trying to achieve with your character? You can literally do it just like that. Now, we could have gone more complex with it, and we could have said that it's a cloak of ever-changing colors. You know, it's a black cloak that, when looked at in the sunlight, appears to give off a shimmering appearance, and that is a minor magical illusion that's on it. Um, You know, at night, it shows, it displays all the stars in the sky. You know, we could have got real fancy with it, but 
I mean, nine times out of ten, you don't need to. Although I do like that sound of that, and I think I might we might add that to the magical item. <laughs> no, why not? Why not? Steven's cloak of disappearing is now my new favorite magical item. <laughs> so no, I did I did have I've talked about a lot of the magical items that we've used in not only the Fumbling 4 campaign, but in some of my own homebrew campaigns. But I haven't talked about, I don't believe I've talked about a very particular set of armor. And this armor was made in my very first D&D campaign that I ever played. We're talking second edition D&D here. So this armor, uh, it's got a little bit of history behind it. So the campaign we were playing, we were teleported through time. And before we were teleported, I was playing a half-elf ranger. And I had just purchased a dire wolf pup from captivity. I had, we had, we had gone on this big, you know, quest. Uh, we arrived at the city and it was a carnival and we saw these animals that were in captivity and they were very rare and endangered species. So myself and one of my party members pooled our gold together off of this quest and we purchased all the animals, but two of the animals were loyal to us. They, they came up to us and they were like, hey, we're not bouncing. We're going to stay with you guys. You saved us. So I had a dire wolf, uh, winter dire wolf pup. And my uh, player, the other, the other player had a baby griffin. <laughs> yes. So we had some two very devastating creatures. I mean, well, I, I can't say anything. I have a crab. as a, I tend for a big crab <laughs> as a mount. So with a cannon on his back. See, this so. is... A- that is a magical item in its own. Why didn't you bring that guy? <laughs> oh, you're right. It's actually, I'm just going to we actually do have a technically, I guess a, mag- a magical item, like the party. Okay. It's we, a doorknob. Say, oh, sorry, you can, you can continue. Yeah, yeah. Continue. No, I'll say, we'll jump to yours. Yes, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, sorry. I'll, I'll make mine quick. So anyway, we did all this. We teleported through time and we were, we did this big quest and we were given a wish at the end of it. So I I made my wish and I thought I had it worded perfectly. And I was like, I wish for my animal to be here with me, yada, yada. And what I got was a pile of bones. I was devastated. But through my devastation, I I was like, nope, this is not going to happen. So I gathered those bones up and we carried on our quest. Myself and the thief that I had become friends with now, the ranger and the thief being friends is a very bad mix for whoever the DM is. <laughs> so we'd become very quick friends and we were scouting a route for treasure because we didn't like our other party members. So we were going to take all the treasure. We found a room with barrels of mercury. Now, if you know anything about second or first edition D&D, mercury was very hard to come by for wizards. And in our own world that we were playing in it was an extremely rare item to come by because they almost all the mercury had disappeared in the world now we found out where it went to it was in this room in thousands of barrels and i happened to have paid a ridiculous amount of gold for an infinite bag of holding so you better believe that we rolled all these barrels into this bag we completed our quest we got back to the village and we sold all of this now we were Filthy, stinking rich with gold. And I took said gold and I took it to a blacksmith and I had him forge a golden chest piece for me. Plate mail chest piece. And embedded the bones of my previous animal in this chest piece. 
I had a helmet made out of the wolf head. And I had a uh, set of uh, greaves made out of the legs. Then I took it to the top of a mountain to a level 20 necromancer. Deep, deep in the dark woods. And I had it cursed with lycanthropy. And the curse specifically said that whatever beast's bones are attached to this armor, you'll be cursed with the canthropy of that creature. So I became, in essence, a dire winter werewolf. That is a bad combo for any DM, because now I can use Kona Cold as a free action. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so this this magical item had to be nerfed a little bit because I had huge stats, huge you know abilities. I could use Kona Cold now. Not as a free action, but as, you know, and as a regular action, it wasn't a spell. I was just OP. So he nerfed it by saying I could never remove this armor. So that is the cursed armor of Ronin. And Ronin is currently a god in our D&D campaign for the Fumbling Four. So, <laughs> so there you go. If you're looking for a really cool, like, you don't want your players to have it, but you want, like, a cool backstory piece or something like that, there is a really cool set of armor. It is the Golden Cursed Armor of Ronin, and whoever dons it will become a Dire Winter Werewolf, and those stats are insane. If you want those stats and you really want your players to have them, you can message me on Discord, or you can hit us up in the D&D Lurecast uh, at gmail.com, and I will give you the stats. <laughs> But I warn you, do not take it lightly. <laughs> so anyway, you had a doorknob. You were talking about a doorknob magical item. Yes. So it's a, it's a doorknob that essentially when you, if I remember, if you put it up against, I think it's any door, you just kind of like twist it and like pull open. Mm-hmm. It reveals it, it opens a door to a tavern, which we own. Oh, no way. Yeah. So basically you have... um. Oh, the hut spell. Um, I can't remember the spell Ta- now. Uh, Tosh? No, it's not Tasha's. Not Tasha's. I think it's Morton Caden's. Uh, Google. 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 Yeah. So basically, Google. you have a traveling. You have a traveling tavern. That is the greatest. Okay, that reminds me very much of Seven Deadly Sins, uh, except for your tavern is basically in a different dimension. <laughs> and I know it's actually it's actually the tavern is actually in the town we started at. So, which we own. So you, so you own a town. You own a tavern. No, no, we we own the tavern in the town. Oh, okay. I was gonna say. So you own a full fledged yeah. town and a tavern within the town. No, no, it's just the uh, the tavern. Just see how much that town costs. <laughs> just stick it to your DM. Be like, how much does the town cost? Because I want it. <laughs> so, does it have any like Liam tiny hut? Who is it? Liamon's Tiny Hut. Liamon's. That's right. Tiny Hut. Yep. It works a little differently in that. It doesn't teleport you. It basically creates a pocket. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it works in a whole different way, but it's pretty much the same concept. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> that soda is going right through me. So... Another you you saying that reminded me of another magical item we had. It wasn't as fantastic as the others, but it was still fun to use. Uh, it was a infinite portal, or it was an infinite hole. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Just like the portable holes, except for it was infinite. Like you'd fall and you'd never stop falling. Oh. Um, except it had a it had a little caveat to it where if you put it on the ceiling, whatever you threw in will fall out. So on the floor you'll fall in, on the ceiling you'll fall out. So we had lots of fun with that one because we split the hole in half. Somehow we we was this it was a 10 foot in diameter hole. Somehow one of our party members had figured out a way to split it in half without destroying the magic within it. I think it was using a wish spell. So now we have two 5 foot in diameter holes. And we would sit there. We sat there for, I, I kid you not, probably about a half an hour with one on the ceiling and one on the floor, just throwing things in just to watch them fall repeatedly. Um, yeah, it was the greatest. <laughs> I've never uh, had so much fun. With, I've never had so much fun with great. a magical item. Uh, yeah. So now there's uh, roaming out there somewhere in the D&D realm is uh, two magical infinite holes of five foot diameter you can't really fit much in it like you're you might be able to fit a creature and so you know some things in it but you're not fitting anything in it that's going to cause like the dm to break the game um i watch you watch when people listen to this episode they're going to be like actually i can find a way to break the game (laughs) yeah but your average DD player isn't going to figure out a way to break the game with this thing okay (laughs) but uh yeah that was i think that was probably the most fun i've had with a magical item and we were just sitting there being fools about it. I might bring that magic item back. I might bring that back. <laughs> that's that's I might ask for that actually. <laughs> In um suggest it to my DM. Yes, you should, because it's great. And it's uh, it's just great. good fun. Uh like at one point we had a we had one of the mechanical crabs that you could you could ride in and everything. It starts off as a barrel. It's it's they're really cool. Um, but somebody had shrunk it with a magic spell. So the party's mouse mascot could have a mechanical crab and stop getting squashed because we legitimately went on quests to get wishes to continually wish this thing back to life. Yeah, we were ridiculous. And it was because it was my cousin because I was playing a mouseling rogue in this campaign. Uh, and I wanted, I was mad because my cousin kept getting squashed. So it was great. <laughs> that same ca- campaign, I created the mouse catapult, which is a pocket catapult that can launch me as the mouseling at least 25 feet. Because I got real tired of not being able to do a lot of damage. I have a catapult spell, but pocket size. <laughs> well, that's great. Yeah, it was a magical little catapult you could just fold out. It wasn't any bigger than a, you know, a mouseling, so... It could shoot like tiny rocks and, you know, small boulders. So I was the size of a small boulder. I could get launched at enemies and do my 1d4 of damage. (laughs) Cool. It's funny. Yeah. I've had some, I've had some adventures with some magical items, I'll say. So, well, with that being said, do you have another magical item for us? I've been sitting here talking this whole time. Unfortunately, that's the only only two that we've gotten so far. Oh, I think the wait that might be a few others, but uh, other part other some other party members have them, and I forget what they are. So, I that's understandable. I mean, I never kept track of my party yeah. member stuff unless it was like super cool or yeah. like super hilarious, like the pocket holes. 
Uh, so I'm like, it's some magical item. I don't know what, but it's a magical <laughs> item. Magically, for all much. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, with that being said, I think it's perfect time for us to transition into our mid-bake. Well, here we are in the middle of the show. Reaper, do you want to read the patrons? Because Sergio's not here. Uh, <laughs> the list. No, the list, I guess I'll read the patrons. <laughs> <laughs> so we have our apprentice patrons, Jonathan Sutter and Daniel. And we move on to our, I thought we had more apprentice patrons, but that was it. <laughs> I made it sound like we had so much more. <laughs> we do appreciate them though. Uh, we are going to move on to our scholar patrons. This is the tier where we have a lot of patrons at. So we have Wolf the Sheepdog. We have the Dog Indy. These dog names are going to throw me off. <laughs> we have Remington Cloutier. Um, We have, uh, I want to say it's Jaco Harless. I'm sorry if I butchered your name. <laughs> I'm. You email me and you tell me that I screwed it up. Because I will apologize to you. They're seething at you for mispronouncing it. (laughs) Uh, And then we have the Climbing Zebra, 82. Then we move on to our wizard patrons. Texton Star, you, good old Reaper. And a new wizard patron, Bjorn Ironside. See, I know how to pronounce Bjorn because I'm part, you know, the Norse. Don't worry about it. the whole thing i'm not gonna go into it (laughs) but on a serious note thank you all so much for being patrons of the DD lore cast it means a lot to us um we get to do this show because of your patronage and we get to do cool things reaper knows what's coming he promised he'd keep it a secret i let him in on a little little hundredth hundredth episode birthday surprise um that we got coming. I know Sergio's going to listen to this and go, really? <laughs> Dad's not here. I get to play. Um, but no, I, we, we've got a lot of fun, exciting things planned for the future, the upcoming years. We want to give back more to this community who so generously gives to us. Uh, I want to thank everyone for listening and sharing it with friends, jumping in the discord and talking to us. I mean, the discord has been popping for weeks so much so that i have not been able to keep up i've been trying to do work and trying to deal with the other podcasts that i do and i'm like i can't i can't keep up with all this stuff <laughs> so thank you so much to everyone uh we're working on a way right now we know you're leaving reviews on itunes and i am working out a way to be able to see those but the transition of the show everybody thinks it just happens overnight when we took over, it was it's it's a lot of stuff we have to work out logistically. Um, we still don't have access to certain things. So if you've left a review recently, don't worry. We haven't forgotten you. And we are going to go back and read all the reviews that have been left since we started. So don't worry. We haven't forgot you. Please keep leaving those reviews. Uh, it really helps us be with discoverability on Spotify, on um, you know iTunes. And you know, Spotify, you're like, oh, I just clicked a couple stars. That brings us closer to the top of the list. It's a whole algorithm thing. It's, you know, it's a whole thing. But just know that you are helping out significantly. 
So again, thank you to everyone. A big thank you to our patrons. So with that being said, we got to go to some info drops. So I don't have anything from the Dungeon Masters Guild, but I do have something that came out that I believe Lupus shared in our Discord. Uh, basically, there's a big box set that has just come out for Ravenloft. And it is every single mini that has been released for uh, the Ravenloft, uh, Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft book. It is a massive collection. I believe it's 60 miniatures from that series. A couple of them are special edition. And there's a couple that you can only exclusively get in this set. So there's a lot of minis to go and throw at you. The price tag on it, however, pretty big. You're looking at an $800 price tag on this bad boy. If you want to get it, you can get it in the WizKid shop right now. It is, uh, I think it's available for pre-order right now. Um, it's a pretty big price tag, a pretty big ask for all those minis. But when you think about it, you buy a brick, you're taking a chance. You only get, you know, I think it's about 35 to 40 minis in that. And it's like $135. So, so yeah, it's, it's a big ask, but you are guaranteed to get each and every single one of those minis be different. And it is 60 miniatures in this. So that's a pretty big deal. Or you can get a hold of Reaper and he'll just make you some 3d printed ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so with that being said, the last thing I have to say is since we're not doing a DMs guild corner, I would highly, highly, highly recommend you check out the previous episode to this one that got, you know, kind of stealth dropped, which we got to do an interview a couple weeks back. We were talking about a Ravenloft supplement book that you can get on the Dungeon Masters Guild, and it kind of expands on the, you know, Castle Ravenloft setting and the campaign itself. We got to do an interview with one of the team members that was involved in developing that. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, go check it out. It's the episode posted before this one. Go check it out. Uh, it's a good listen. I unfortunately wasn't able to be there because I was busy recording the other 19 podcasts that I have. Uh, <laughs> but Sergio was there and it, it, was a, it was an excellent listen. So go check that out. And with that being said, I think it's time to get to the end of the episode. That Willem scream. Again, making faces. If you're not watching this live on Twitch, you're missing all these faces and stuff I do. Because I don't know. I think they're pretty great. <laughs> so, we're at the end of the episode. Reaper. I'm having so much fun. I don't want this to end. We're at the end of the episode. I'm sad. You're, you're sad. It's very sad. It's the end of the episode. It's sad. sad. It's sad. So, sad. well, we got a little bit of time before we end the episode. So, normally at the end of the episode, we talk about a magical item that we're going to, you know, that I've made, that we're going to do. And we kind of already did that. We kind of made a magical item in the episode. But I feel like since there's been a couple episodes I haven't been in, 
and there's a couple episodes that I accidentally forgot to make a magical item or I just didn't have time. I feel like I owe everyone a new magical item. What do you think, Reaper? Yeah. So I originally had a magical item set up for BBEGs because we were originally going to talk about favorite BBEGs this episode, but last minute change of plans and I'm so for it. So I'm still going to give that magical item and it's pretty ridiculous. It is a very game breaking magical item. And if you are playing a very silly, uh, crazy campaign where everybody's just down to have the most ridiculous one possible, this is definitely a magical item for you. Uh, I've made very serious magical items, very usable, practical magical items in the past. I thought about doing a goofy one, especially since, you know, April 1st is coming up. Got to have a magical item for April Fool's Day. Come on. So this magical item is known as the Ring of BBEG Location. That's right. It is an Apple AirTag for your BBEG. (laughs) But wait, there's more. So I know a lot of our fans are probably very familiar with the Elder Scroll series. And there is a very particular character that has always caught my heart in that series by the name of Shergorath. Because he is wonderful on multiple levels. So this item kind of follows the rules of Shergorath's Wabajack stick. So the way it works is you will roll a d6. It has six functions and they are completely at random. Number one does absolutely nothing but makes the eyeball within the ring wink at you. That is it. The ring is a very ornately designed elvish, you know, elvish designed ring. It's gold with silver trim and it has this dragon's eye in the center of it. It resizes to fit the, the finger of any creature that wears it. So there's its first magical property. And Rolling a one will result in that dragon eye just winking at you. Rolling a two will cast a random true polymorph in a random direction decided by the DM. And whatever it hits will will change that creature into the opposite version of what they currently are. So if you hit an orc, it'll turn it into a goblin. If it's an orc male, it'll turn it into, you know, a or, you know, a goblin female, or maybe just a, you know, goblin non-binary, you know, it could turn it into whatever it wants. Uh, it, but it will follow the rule of opposites. So there you go. That's option number two. Option number three is my personal favorite. The wearer will now see everyone as talking cartoon rabbits for the next 24 hours. Reaper's over here dying. Yes, Tarzan, like Bugs Bunny. Um, and that was option number three. Option number four, everyone will immediately think that the wearer has ceased to exist. Just immediately. Now, this will effect will happen for the next 10 rounds. And you will just basically cease to exist. When you come back into existence... Everyone acts like nothing's happened. Nothing's changed. So there you go. Number five. Number five will locate a minor BBEG. So this could be something. This is why I say this is this is the this is the game screwing up kind of mechanical ring. 
The minor BBG can be anything to a NPC that may not have been a BBEG unless you, you know, screwed up and messed up the mission or killed their, you know, wife and child or, you know, burnt down their village or, you know, whatever. It will point you in the direction of a minor BBEG. And it could be helpful, too, where, you know, you have the mini boss, you know, before you get to the BBEG. And the final option you would think would direct you to the BBEG. But instead, it directs you to a treasure at a location of the DM's choice. So this is, can get real fun. And the treasure has two simple items. A rubber ducky mm-hmm, and one gold coin. The gold coin is what shows you where the BBEG is. But nine times out of ten, when people get there, they're going to be like, ugh, a rubber ducky and a gold coin. Seriously? So, yes, this is your ring of BBEG location. Uh, brought to you by April 1st. <laughs> <coughs> Which, for those of you listening, is tomorrow for us recording. So, there you go. That's my magical item for this episode. What do you think? <laughs> Very interesting. <laughs> I was like, how can I tie April 1st in with BBEGs? Oh, the ring of BBEG location. I guarantee you no one will use this in their campaign. And if they do, I want to hear about it. I need people to DD lurecast at gmail.com or get in the Discord and let me know how you used it because I need to know. Can you DM yeah, 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 sorry. Can you DM that to me? DM you this will, item? Uh, yes, I will suggest <laughs> to my DM. I will I will DM you this item. Yes. <laughs> it's the perfect April Fool's Day. And you can also make it so that it only works on April 1st. So the item only ever works on April 1st. You could you could be that guy. <laughs> well sessions are on Wednesdays. Sessions are you found this really cool ring. It does all the other magical stuff, but the, the it won't it won't the sixth option won't work unless it's April Fool's Day. Yeah. Wolf's in chat right now. The Destiny and Doom lure cast? Strange shooters to pair together, sir. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, with that being said, I think it's time to wrap up the episode, unless you have something else you want to talk about, Reber. No, not that I can think of. Well, all righty. Reaper. Yeah. Thank you for joining me. You yes. absolute legend. You. <laughs> so if I want to talk to you more, I want to just hang out with you. Where can I hang out with you and find you? Uh, you can find me on in the discord. Yes. <laughs> Under uh, coffee being the husky. That is my name on discord. It took me forever to figure that out, by the way. Yes, that is me. <laughs> Oh, that's really where you can find me at. So that's it. That's it. Yeah, that's, all, that's it. It's all Reaper's got that's, going. That's on. it. <laughs> Perfect. Gives that's me it. more time to talk about myself. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, I, I mean, you are the host. I am the host. I'm saying, no, no. <laughs> um, in all seriousness, I have a slew of podcasts that I am not going to rattle off. 
But I will give a special little corner to the Fumbling Four and the Almighty Crit podcast. Where if you want to see more crazy magical items or ridiculous antics and you just really like comedy D&D podcasts, this one is for you. It is not the typical, hey, we're going to go and have a very serious you know, adventure. It's very much five people sitting around a table, now six people sitting around a table, doing ridiculous stuff, trying to beat the BBEG with the most ridiculous things you can. And me trying to make a story out of it. <laughs> I think that's really oversimplified because it really does flow well. Oh, <laughs> uh, I love that. Wolf says we're going to start the Dun Dun Lure cast where we break down the world of law and order. <laughs> dun Dun. Oh, Wolf. So, yeah, that's the fumbling for... Uh, Fumbling for and the Almighty Crit uh, podcast, the live play we do. That's the one I really want to focus this week on. But we got a bunch of other ones, and they're all in the show notes. And we got a few new ones coming. So keep your eyes out and ears peeled for that. But I guess I got to give... Sergio's not here. He can't do his little spiel. Uh, If you want to go check out more of Sergio, you can check him out at the Phantom University podcast. Um, you can get it wherever you listen to your podcasts. It is an excellent podcast. If you're looking for deep dives and some of your fan favorites, um, they did Batman. They did, uh, first one. I think the first season they did was resident evil. They've done some horror icons. I'm going to let you figure that one out when you go and look it up, but they are doing a lot of deep dives and it's a lot of good stuff. So go check them out. And, and on that note, I think it's time for us to end the podcast. So thank you for joining me, Reaper. Indeed. It was fun. Thank you, Chad, for joining us. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with a friend, following us on Twitter at DNDLorecast, or jumping on the Robots Radio Discord to chat more with us about Dungeons & Dragons. We'll talk to you next time. Listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.